Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast, your home for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. You're with me, your favorite bro, and my bud, Mr. Schmidt. Schmidt, what's going on? Not a whole lot, buddy. How are you doing? Good, man. I can't lie. Uh, it's been a great couple days here. My yes. wife took the kids up. First and foremost, happy 4th. Uh, yes. We are recording Happy this fourth. over over the <laughs> let's call it the extended holiday here. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, America! Yeah, sorry for know, all the other listeners in different countries, but this is America's birthday. It is, it is, and uh, if, for those who don't know, I mean, it it was about American independence, but now it's about hot dogs and fireworks, and you know, just just living it up. So, I mean, that's all America, the right? American dream in a nutshell, <laughs> basically. I mean, we do have an international hot dog eating competition. Which was canceled this year, by the way, due to lightning. But, but then it was back on. Yeah. I mean, it last was canceled year, originally, and then they brought it back. It doesn't get more America than Joey Chestnut choking a guy out last year and still winning. Some dude rushes the stage, he <laughs> throws him that. in a hammerlock, and wins the amazing. competition. Like, and he that won again. is gangster. He won again uh, this did, year for his, can't be stopped, 16th, his 16th title. You know, it was Kobayashi. In the beginning, and now mm-hmm. it's just the the chestnut stands alone here. So you know, you know, I wonder what it's like to prepare for something like that. Like, what do you have to do? I've seen some documentaries, and it was it was a documentary about Kobayashi because he was the first almost like celebrity competitive like, eater. Eater, <laughs> yeah. and he was out there, and he showed he was he was working out, and he was doing all this stuff, and then he would go to these restaurants and just pile the food in. Like he, I remember him going to those. One of those places with the conveyor belts where like you just keep taking plates and they charge you by yeah, the yeah, colors yeah, yeah. of your plates. And I'm yeah. watching this guy just demolish stuff. And I was like, wow. And then it panned to like some amateur guys who were trying to like get on the scene. And this guy goes to like a Hooters and he just orders a ton of wings. And he's like, after this one, bring me another one, another one. And on the ride home, they have to pull over and the guy just boots everywhere. <laughs> I mean, but I feel like it's like you have to kind of like gradually do it to maybe like expand your stomach you, you to fit it all. You definitely do. You definitely have to. I mean, it, it, it sounds really disgusting, that. but it's uh, I mean, they they have to purge all this stuff, right? Like, you you have to, right? You know, I I wonder. I mean, the chestnut know, th- has th- to purge things after like, like this. Things like this hot dogs right? always have like a very ugly side that nobody talks about, and I I can yeah. only wonder what goes on in this type of a situation. But I guess <laughs> I'd like, probably rather it's like not man know. versus food. You yeah, know, like do they just quit, chug like die. do they just chug like colon cleanse, and then just the next day it's just fire away, you know, <laughs> for an entire yeah, twenty four hours? Because you got to yeah, get I mean, rid of that. You can't hold on to that for. I mean, sixty two hot dogs. Like, do you just have a super colon after a while? Like. That's a real Bro, thing. I, I I don't know. I'm scared to find out. I really yeah, am. I, like I said, I, I think I'd rather not know, but it, it, it's intriguing. It's compelling. Somebody should make a documentary if they haven't. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there. I mean, you said there was one with Kobayashi. I think I remember was, it. That was in like 2001. You know what I mean? I would think it was in it high was school. Forever ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but he. I remember he was he was the big deal on, on ESPN, the Ocho, you know? <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. So, um, yeah, but other than that, uh, where I was going with that was uh, the wife took the kids away for the uh, extended weekend. Been alone a couple days, like mentally just rested, you know, decompressed. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been working, but it's been nice to only worry about work for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. get it. Totally. Get yeah. It. So it, that's been cool. Um, I have a little, a little, little, little NWA 
showed up today, which is also nice. Yes. Um, how about you though? What uh, what else? Uh, you know, um, good weekend, good uh, good fourth. I mean, it was kind of an odd fourth this year because it was like not attached to the weekend per se. There was yeah, a little bit I, of a I always wonder what the ruling is on that. Like, is there a Price Is Right? Like, you it has to be the weekend closest without going over. Is that what? Is that the way this works? Or are we just going to set fireworks off both weekends? You know, I don't know. Don't know. I need an official ruling here. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, because my hood has been shooting off fireworks since Friday. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another reason we couldn't record because I don't think we'd be able to hear. It would just be I mean, nothing but in the background. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. But, um, but no, it was good, man. Uh, great fourth to get out to the splash pads and more pool time you know i got burned more than more than i need to <laughs> um cook some cook some burgers and steaks yesterday during yeah. the fourth uh drank some beer while cooking as you should um you can't you can't man the pit especially in a charcoal pit without a that a frosty Not, beverage that's mandatory it's mandatory um but yeah i mean it was fantastic and now recording so it's been a fantastic week fantastic week very cool. Um, I guess before we hop into anything here, and you know, it's funny. I, I had such a a, a nifty idea for an episode. Don't given. don't say it though. I don't won't. Say I'll it. save it for I guess next year. But we'll it, have to do it. it we'll have to do it for next year. It was because... a really good idea. But I just I looked at the list of how many goddamn things came out in this weekend a half. There's I guess so much. There's no way we're getting to a topic today. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> there's way too much it's impossible i'm looking at all this and like i want to say something about every single one of these so i i couldn't really cut any of them out and i i kind of like most of them so i guess we'll just go with that um before i get into any of that i guess i'll, I'll talk about my little my little nwa here um yeah i was surprised like when you sent me the photo of this i literally have never seen it before yeah i it was a total stumble upon you know what down the it? rabbit hole well, I, I was looking at, I, I just happened to come across, I guess on on the gram, I came across some obscure Seiko collab and I clicked on it and then it was like, I, I was like, oh, let me see how much this is. So like it, it brought me to a website and the website had like, you might also be interested in. And then I was like, what's mm-hmm. this, right? That's that's how they hook you. What's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was like, this is kind of neat. And like also like something in the realm of something I kind of wanted. So this is the Seiko X Nano Universe SZQV020. That's the uh, serial number on it, reference number. Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided if it's Railmaster or Steve McQueen, but it's it's a little. It's, it's a little bit of both for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a little thirty-five millimeter guy. To be honest, this is like the Alpinist that I've always wanted, size-wise. Like if they made the green one in these dimensions, this would be unstoppable. Uh, this is a it's a quartz watch. It's a hundred meter. It's got polished center links on the bracelet, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, but, I saw that. But it's it's kind of built in that Alpinist style, like the case and the crystal and everything. You know, it's kind that's of fieldy. totally that's totally a Steve McQueen inspired dial for sure yeah which i i love the steam between obviously i'm never ever gonna get one yeah we but, don't we um, all have 1655 money that's yeah, for sure no, no no certainly not but it's got the creamy loom and it's got 
the orange hour hand. I, I just thought it was a nifty little watch because I, I really liked, there was a similar one that came out. I think it was with Tic Tac and it looked kind of like this, but it was, it was in the bigger case and it was, it was a little expensive. And I was like, I don't know if I want to spend that much on it. But so I went on, you know, good old watch where you kind of found somebody selling it. And not only that, but they, they, um, removed the listing and said, I'm sending this to the Bay at an even bigger discount. So I found the guy's listing on eBay and I said, listen, if you sell this thing on eBay, they are going to take, you know, 15% off the top right away. I said, how about this? And the guy's like, that's a good point. Sold. And I was like, okay, here we go. And, uh, wow. you know, here it is. So I got it for a song. He included an uncle Sago bracelet, which is also quite nice. Yeah, I saw that. It's kind of, he, he did like a, like a, like a present style, like 1450 link bracelet right yeah so pretty cool uh, not much else to say but i think it's, it's gonna be a great summer beater kind of on and off with the with yeah, the resin yeah. i think that's a, a sick little combo so let me ask you what what era is this from uh this was released recently really yeah it's 300 piece limited edition and it's just an obscure model that i think is is kind of limited to just like a japanese outfitter I think I don't really I don't really research these collabs much, but you know as long I mean, as they're not yeah, something what is nano universe as long as they're not with something extremely embarrassing. I don't really care what they are. <laughs> yeah, so it's a leading online destination for men's contemporary fashion and streetwear, according to Hypebeast. Okay, I'll take the word for it. Yeah. Okay. So apparently they do a lot of collabs with Seiko. They have, yeah. I've seen their stuff before. It's never okay. really moved the needle too much for me, but this is in a style of something I've always wanted, and so I figured for the price, yeah, <laughs> I was like, why not? Why the heck not? not? Yeah, man, that's. I'm not gonna lie; it's a pretty slick little guy. You know, the packaging is kind of cool too. I don't know if you get the original box and paper. I did. I did. It's it's quite nifty. It's a it's a very interesting color and like quote thing and it's one of those watches it almost reminds me of the the alpinists that i talk about sometimes like the i can't remember the abbreviation it's like s-b-s-s-s-s-a-s-s-s or something like that and like those ones are just like these obscure little like collabs that existed and then never existed again and i'm like damn i wish i just was like around and stumbled upon that so like i was like <laughs> oh, you know what i was like i'm gonna get this while it's just cheap as hell and i won't care about price as it as it uh if it appreciates at all so yeah i guess it did some divers too at one point i guess yeah I, again i've seen them before i've just never really Whoa, been, like, this is in 2015 mm, yeah these divers are sick are you in troubles man <laughs> oh man these divers are pretty slick you know it's funny it's kind of the same colorways as the resis oh yeah yeah the resin segos very cool and they have like old school like vintage style seiko diver hands i think one of them's like a tuna handset yeah i love the tuna handset the original tuna yeah 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 it's got like a line down the center of it yep yeah, man. Okay. We're going to have to do some digging. 
Maybe we yeah. should do an episode one time where we just like try to troll through the obscure things and just like here. Oh, d- just a rabbit hole episode. <laughs> just a rabbit hole and just be like, all right, we're doing this and like what can we find? And why not? Y'all let us know in the comments if you'd yeah. love to see that. Watch Recon would explode, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, we did it. We did it with uh with Mr. Jones, right? So Senor why not do Jones. Different? All right, so with that out of the way, I think we can get into the gigantic list of stuff that has recently dropped. <laughs> we didn't plan this, by the way, guys. No, we we did Again, technically I, have I a had, topic for this, but I had a really funny idea for a topic—not funny, but just a creative and sneaky idea. Yeah, we didn't expect everyone to just dump everything all at once. But here oh. we are. Yeah, there's been a few happenings, but uh, other than that, some collabs and stuff. And we'll start it off with a collab from Nevada Grinchin and Analog Shift. They've made a Chronomaster big eye with a white dial. And uh, it's got, you know, the orange uh, Martini olive hand. And it's it's mm-hmm. got a, a black sub register. And then it's got another one with a blue and orange um what would you call that totalizer uh, section? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's part of the it's part of the totalizer with for the uh, for the minutes, but it's a it's a yachting chronograph, right? So, so it's, it's got, got all the, the big fun eye. colors. Yep. Yeah, so it's all fun colors, and then you have basically a delineation within uh, five minute increments: one in blue and one in yellow, which was synonymous with chronographs used for for you got for regatta time. You gotta for regatta <laughs> racing or yacht timing. Um, back in the '60s, I like you got a better. They they should. Just I mean, it, it kind of just you know, just let's just use, do some you got yeah. watches. Um, I love the watch. I hate the fact that it says analog shift on the dial. <laughs> I'm with it. I like. That. I mean, I, I, I like I, I, every, that literally in. everything else. I love the watch. Yeah, like, I like if it, I could take, it has like a ghosted bezel kind of. Yes, it's so good. Beads of rice, beads of rice bracelet, long lugs. I mean, just like. And if this is spec, like the the normal Chronomaster Aviator Sea Diver, like that's a beast. Like, it's, it's like a, a diving sick, chrono. It's a sick watch. And here's the thing, you know, if you think back to history, there was a lot of regatta chronos back in the '60s. Like they were everywhere. I mean, you think about like the 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 Hoyer Skipper. Skipper yeah, you know, like that is an unobtainable watch today. Yep. You know, you had some, they weren't really regatta watches back then, but you had like the Abercrombie watches. A lot of tag, a lot of Omega. Exactly. They had a lot of those similar design aesthetics. And this is like a very common complication for something that was not very common thing for a lot of people to do. It was very niche watch for sure. But you can't find these pieces anymore. And they're usually beat to hell because they were used sailing and they were used actively. And... You know, they were just really, really nice. Like, so this is kind of a cool watch that is accessible price point wise. I mean, it's a it's a Nevada. You know, it's a great collab in a great colorway that feels original, but still kind of an homage in some aspects. But I hate that it freaking says analog shift. It would have been cool if they just on did the, the, did the little did the little A slash S like instead. Oh, like just little... put it on the freaking case back. Oh, true. Yeah, they, we always we neglect get that. It. Right? You know, it's like, <sighs> I mean, I get it. You're branding. You want to have it everywhere, but sometimes it just it's less is more. You know, all about the double stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. If the double stamp means something, 
Okay. You're just telling me that this is a company that's now part of the Watches of Switzerland group and you're stamping your logo on it. Like, that's the part that gets me because it's so like corporate. You know what I mean? Like, Analog Shift used to be an independent company. And they used to be a, a you know big source for for vintage collectors. I mean, they still are today, but they're owned by Watches of Switzerland now. They're part of the Wasp Group. Yep. So it's like a very corporate move to be like, here's our logo, buy our stuff. You know, might as well be Nike check or like an Adidas three stripes. You know, it's like it just feels very like ah, gimmicky to me. But I love the watch. Yeah, no, it's very slick. Maybe very we should just slick. have the dial artist just kind of like paint it out. I'm sure uh what's his face would do it. Um what's our guy? The guy who uh loves to tinker with watches. I can't remember his name right now. He does the funny second hands. Sakon oh, Sakon. Sakon Sakon, yeah, yeah. Sakon, I, feel like could, I feel like he could do it. <laughs> he could just be like, yeah, little we're just gonna put a little bush right here. That'll be our little bush. It'll be a happy bush. Dude, Bob Ross would have been a sick dial artist. He would have been a sick collab in general, but Bob Ross. Yes. If anybody's out there, Mr. Jones, maybe if you're listening, do do a Bob Ross watch. I feel like Timex Timex would do Bob Ross. Timex could also do it. Timex could also do it. But do a Bob Ross watch. Somebody do it. Somebody needs to keep that legacy living on. That That guy was a goat for sure. We all tried to figure out how to paint. We couldn't do it. He was on was after, cool after Saturday it. morning cartoons, and he'd be there with his little palette, and he had his easel, but he mm-hmm. would never use a goddamn brush. He's out here with like a, a little palette knife, and he's making trees by like scraping the, I'm like, yeah. what is this guy doing? And every time I'm watching him make these strokes, and I'm like, there's no way this is going to make up a, a picture. And then at the end, he's like, here we go. Oh. And I'm like, that's insane. Like, yeah, he was one just of the most the majestic landscapes. little ever afro, like he was the best. Yeah, happy Bob tree, Ross, man. Happy tree right here. This is a little happy tree. I mean, no doubt he was probably high as a kite all the time, but like he was always happy. I was him and Mr. Rogers seemed like the two funnest guys to be around. And, and again, that was literally another person I was going to say is like, we need to make a Mr. Rogers watch. <laughs> make the strap out of sweater. <laughs> that would <laughs> actually be hysterical. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Anybody who's listening out there who's a watch designer. You're welcome. <laughs> this is go top forth tier. To do God's this work. is go, go forth and do God's this work. This is R and D you cannot pay for. <laughs> R and D you cannot pay for. That is one hundred percent correct. That's right. Unless you're a Dragon Ball Z yet. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, on to uh, Grand Seiko made a very, very, very limited watch. Right, I think we saw that this was what sixty pieces. According to Reddit, it's sixty oh, pieces. So that's I mean, unreli- it might be six hundred. You never know with them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really know, nor do I care. I mean, it's a beautiful watch. It, it's kind of your standard uh, string uh, spring drive looking Grand Seiko, but the texture on the green dial is honestly pretty insane. It looks really good. It's a it's a a dark but sort of pale green, almost a gray. Yeah, it's the SBGA 495. In case anybody needs to check it out, it's got a little green power reserve hand. You know, it's everything I like about Grand Seiko and the Grand Seiko package, and uh, that I beat to death on this show. And I don't think I have to do it anymore. But you know, just buying these watches and just getting these dials are just—it's such a treat. Like when you get one in person, and I know a lot of people won't because they don't—they don't either like the idea of having a 
a fancy Seiko or like it's just not their their thing. But when you get to see them in person, you're like, damn, this is actually really neat. Like just yeah. just what went into this. And even if it's not really for you, I feel like you'd still be like, all right, like I, I could see somebody put a lot of work into this thing where as maybe some of these, you know, bigger brands that are like strictly 100% like factory assembled, you'd be like, oh, okay. I could kind of see the difference a little bit here. Like, yeah. I mean, there's no question you got, you got to call, you got to call balls and strikes. And and this is certainly a very beautiful dial. Um, it's very similar to me in terms of the appearance, like that light pink one that came out earlier. Do you remember that one? Yeah. It's got like a snowy dial. It's not quite a snowflake dial, but it's like, it almost reminds you of like a snow flurry in, in color. But you know what it reminds that, me of, that really? That type of look. It reminds me of like linen, like a like a cross hatching texture. Oh yeah, very much so. Like a linen shirt, or um, yeah, I agree. Or like you know, like a finer like rattan chair, like you know those woven uh, wood chairs where they take the the sticks and they kind of weave them together. It almost looks like a like a close up shot of that. Yes, you know. But it's a very it's a very beautiful looking dial. Yeah, but that's but what I think works is that you have that yeah. kind of complex texturing, and then on top of that, you have very simple, simple and very highly Zeratsu polished yeah. hands yeah. and dial furniture, and that's where you get a lot of contrast. Yeah, so I think that's 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 sort of their bread and butter. But you know, it's just something sure. that, it's something that speaks to me personally, and that I have always sort of appreciated about all their watches in general, and. Well, I'm glad I just got one and I got it out of the way and I don't have to buy another one because <laughs> they are just going up. I don't wonder how much this is because they just keep approaching like eight, nine, ten thousand, and I don't want to ever pay that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I got that out of the way. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, how about something a little more accessible here? Um, Oris now has cotton candies in steel and on bracelet. Yes. And I yes, think everybody's yes, yes, excited yes. about this. I think everybody liked the bronze, but bronze is not for everyone, right? It's a very specific look. Some people aren't about the patina. Some people, yeah. they don't, they, maybe it doesn't match sort of their skin tone. They were kind of out on that. You saw the the pink one that I, I, I raffled off for real men. Um, so they have that, they have a blue and they have a green, uh, sort mm-hmm. of a soft green and they all look really good. I, I like them all in bronze, but I thought, I thought the, I thought the pink kind of won in the bronze, but I'm really feeling the green in steel. I would agree with you, especially because it's like a mint color. It's nice. It's it's a nice minty green. Metallic if you guys remember mint green a few years ago, like. mint was like really in. <laughs> um, it looks good, man. All the photos that I can see from people that have that have gone hands on with these, um, they look really really pretty. I mean, again, we loved them in the bronze, uh, and you had more of that kind of like patina element with the dials in the bronze version. These are stark white, uh, you know, Superluminova. Yes. I really do like the pink because it does remind me a lot of like my kiddos, you know, daughter's favorite color is pink. Maybe that'll be the case when she's older. Maybe it won't be. But uh, it's just to me, it seems like a very cool watch. Yeah. And you can get them on a Perlon too if that's your jam. Yeah. Throwing it back to the Perlon. What is this, 2015? Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of dresses it down, kind of informal and fun and, and colorful. So. That's yeah. cool. I mean, we've been waiting for Oris to kind of make their moves. And and this is, you know, even though it's yeah, it might not be something right. extremely new and off the reservation, it's something. I mean, I think this this watch will speak to enough people that they will find buyers for it. I'm personally a, a Diver 65 guy over an Aquas kind of guy. And that's just personal preference, not necessarily um, due to specs or 
anything specific other than design but yeah i'm a diver 65 guy so I, i'm intrigued by this and i i think it's a nice release and uh you know i'd like to see more of it yeah i mean me too i think it's a very pretty watch um especially all the colorways i think are very well executed like i said the mint green is probably my personal favorite but i would be happy with any of the three colors the 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 pink one certainly is a, is a very cool watch um so there you go i like it I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have our uh, one of our companies we talk about quite often on here. Ferrer now has a collab with Worn and Wound. And uh, see, this this is kind of a... This is a mail-it-in for me, dude. It's a weird release for me because when I think Ferrer, I think bold colors. I think really jumping off the dial type of deal and even though you get that sky blue baby blue hand with an what looks like an orange tip um the the sort of plain dial on a dark case it ju- it just seems very non-fairer to me it's uh I don't know yeah. if that's more. I don't know if that's worn around putting their own stamp on it type of thing. I, I would have to say that that's probably what it is and honestly this this particular dial looks very similar to something they did in the past like on a different color execution and it just seems like they just kind of changed a few color elements like you know the tip of the second hand the second hand color itself and that was just kind of like it's our limited edition you know to me this is like a very mail-it-in watch because there's nothing particularly attractive to me about this piece it's a fairer I love it. I like the design overall of the collection. But I feel like what you said here, the colorway is not, to me, representative of fair. And I think that's what I'm missing here. And I guess if, I don't know, if, like if, if they had their own specific color scheme and this was it, I think I would understand. Um, you know, it's like worn and wound for all their collabs, like how when they did that Seiko pilot, it was mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. like a weird tuxedo dial type of deal with like an outer dark ring and a lighter inside ring. And then it was like little hints of color here and there. If that was their thing and then they just took that and moved it over onto this watch for this collab and that was like just their thing going forward, I would understand. But yeah. I just I, I think it, it kind of castrated the the fairer part of it a little bit. Um, I do. Yeah. I like the indices, how they're kind of outlined and pronounced um again it's not an ugly watch it's 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 not an ugly watch at all it just uh it doesn't i guess it doesn't speak to me in the way that their watches normally do and i i guess it's just because it, it's it's not i guess it's not theirs completely you see know? that's so. the thing that that's the, the thing that's so surprising to me because you look at some of the other like super impressive collapse and one of one of the, my favorite ones that comes to mind was the zodiac super seawolf Worn and wound collab. Oh, the Aquamarine Dream, huh? Oh no, that's Not a block to watch. Aqu- that was Sorry, a block, that to, was block watch. to watch. Different collab, is, but also this is, good. The one, <laughs> this is the one that looked like the like the nineties laser tag. You oh yeah. With like, oh, with like the, the crazy trapper confetti, keeper. But, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. That was a cool representation of both design essences, right? Like Zodiac is a brand that's not afraid of color. Worn and wound. You know, a lot of the guys that are in charge of worn and wound were grew up in the nineties. So this was kind of a physical manifestation of those different design languages kind of merging together into a singular piece. And I thought it was executed so well. And and maybe I'll, it, that'll be one of those pieces where I just, 
I try to hunt one down at some point because it was just so cool. Um, but you know, it, this is not that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's very much the opposite in design language. It just feels very Spartan and it, it almost to me feels like an afterthought. And I hate to say that because it's a fairer and it's a great watch, but I just felt like it could have been so much more and there was so much more potential for this to be really like a visceral reaction piece for me mm. rather than just something I scrolled. I mean, you had to remind me that it even came out. Yes. Because I literally just scrolled right past it th thinking it was something else that Farrah had done in before in the past. You know, there was nothing that was super attention grabbing for me to be like, okay, this is new. I like it. Let's think about adding it to my collection. You know, and I, I always hope, I think by now, or at least our listenership, but I, I think newer listeners might not understand, like, this is not really like us, like, talking shit. This is literally just having a conversation of ideas about, you know, sort of a, whether it be a snap judgment or the initial reaction or the, or the way, you know, what feelings are evoked when you sort of sit down and dissect something. It's, it's not necessarily like, oh, well, let's bag on warning wound or whatever. You know, it's not, it's yeah. not really anything like that. It's, um, no. And, and, and again, I hope people don't take it that way, but to me, it's just, there, there could be more. I understand that sometimes simplicity is is king here, but for me, given what I know from both brands in the past, this is the opposite of what they were looking for. And maybe that's the direction that they were going with this. Maybe they're like, hey, we've done some crazy stuff before. Let's tone it down, and that will be more surprising. I don't know. But it just, it just seems a little off-brand for both. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> Uh, so continue with our eventful week here. <laughs> wow. Uh, we got not one, but two FXD editions. And yeah. this is in collaboration with Alingi Red Bull Racing. Which is a very long name. Yeah. And it's something I don't know if I necessarily want to my rehaul, but, um, we got two watches. One is a chronograph. They're both FXDs. They're both technically Pelagos models. Um, they don't look bad. Black bezels, dark blue dials, red accents. Yeah. You know, in in the renders and in the professional photos, I think the color combinations work. Mm -hmm. When I see mm -hmm. them in person, sometimes the red disappears a little bit because it's a very purple blue, and obviously yeah. we know red is in purple. And so sometimes the red fades back. And I don't, I don't know if maybe it's it's just a picture thing. Maybe in person, it's not so much like that. I mean, it's a bold red. Yeah. But like even trying to read Pelagos on it is difficult. And I'm staring right at it and I'm zoomed in. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I could see like, that. I, could see I feel that. like the dial kind of eats the red. I mean, I understand it's it's part of their, their colors. So mm -hmm, they, mm -hmm. they have to do that. But just a, an interesting little tidbit for me the one thing that I, that has sort of bothered me about it is um when i've seen people wearing it the strap is you know as you as you mentioned before the show it's made for people who are wearing a, a little more apparel and so it's a little long <laughs> but for the yeah. average wearer it's very long and the strap for most people i don't know if they have small wrists or normal size wrists 
but the strap is overlapping the lugs and that just it bothers me just a hair just a bit. well yeah especially if you have anything under basically i would say probably a seven and a quarter inch wrist you're gonna have a little bit extra strap hang you know yeah um i mean again i can't say that with a hundred percent certainty but to me that would seem pretty logical just given the way that this strap is designed and this is one of the reasons why i never ever liked straps that were designed that folded towards you because it's always something that you catch on things oh true yep you know it, it just it it, it's always something to 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 catch on something, and that's why for me, you know, it always made sense that straps went the other direction because you were less likely to to catch it to, towards you and more likely to catch it away from you, if at all, you know. Um, but you know, other than that, I don't hate the watches. No, they're they're not bad at all. I mean, they're no, nice. No, no, yeah, know, for the sure. Models are for cool. Sure. It's just you know, little little things that I've noticed sort of looking at them and taking them in over the past few days. Yeah. Um, I like them. I don't know if I like it more than the standard FXD, um, but I think I like the color palette a little bit better. I think it's sporty. I think it's cool. Um, Something like different. You, like you, I'm not a big fan of the Alingi Red Bull Racing, like literally around the chapter ring for the entire watch, um, which is, mm, it's a little leave it for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, especially because, like, up until recently, Lingi, as you guys know, is probably was uh, was affiliated with Omega. That was part of the Omega Regatta Racing kind of spectrum. And uh, at the beginning of this year, or maybe towards the end of last year, the partnership between both entities kind of dissolved. Um, and there was really no reason why. I'm assuming this was the reason why. But back then, Alingi was not part of Red Bull Racing. This, from what I understand, is the first time that Red Bull will be entering into regatta racing as it pertains to the other entities of racing that they do. Motorsport, um, you know, propeller planes, things like that. So this is just an, another avenue of what they do. So they have to make sure that... Uh, that everything is is put together, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you know a little bit more about regatta racing than I. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show, and you're like, "Have you ever watched a regatta?" And I was like, "No, that seems very that seems like paint drying to me, to be honest." But you you seem to have a a more interesting take on sailboat racing than I. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I had I had somebody that was a colleague of mine that was talking to me about it. And I was like, hey, dude, how do you how do you get into something like this? And kind of like yourself, I had that mindset that, you know, this is a bunch of, you know, you know, upper crust, you know, people with too much money on their hands, which in some ways it is that. Um, um, and basically the idea for, for me was like, this is a bunch of dudes wearing like, you know, Oxford shirts and khakis and That's like berries and just like sailing around the coast. Right. And it's certainly, uh, uh, an appropriate idea. Um, but that lineage has really kind of since passed, especially now because 
modern day regatta specifically like the america's cup which is what i believe the alingi red bull racing challenge is going to be for it's going to be for the next america's cup challenge which i think is next year in 2024 if i'm not mistaken um essentially what makes this unique and special is the idea that all of these boats are capable of traveling incredible speeds now. So the idea of this like late this leisurely cruise around the around the bay or around this particular body of water, that doesn't happen. These boats are now foiling, you know, sailboats. They're capable of achieving extreme knots on the water. And in most cases, when you see when you see sailors today, they're wearing full helmets, goggles, you know, body armor. Uh, to some extent, because it's a very vigorous and very dangerous sport. You know, let's call it, you know, you're sailing and you're doing the equivalent, let's say, you know, 45, 50 knots, something like that. It's like 35, 40 miles an hour. You know, you hit the water or you crash into another boat at that velocity. Like, that's some serious damage. Um, what I find so interesting about the sport overall, though, is... It's one of the oldest competitions in the world that competes for a trophy. It gets its name, the America's Cup, specifically from American history. And for those of you who don't follow Regatta, basically in 1851, a group of businessmen from New York were invited by a Regatta um, club, a yachting club in England, which is kind of where this sport really originated, to basically sail across the ocean and come compete in what would become the first international regatta competition. And they did it. They sailed their their ship called America, which is very aptly named, all the way across the ocean to compete in English waters in the first international regatta uh, regatta ch championship or regatta you know competition. And they won. They beat the English in their own home waters in front of the Queen who is in attendance and they win this trophy and they, they basically named it the America's cup after the boat that originally claimed its title since then, since 1851, this same trophy has been passed down to every America's cup winner since that year. And what's even more impressive is this was basically a record of dominance for the United States. Um, at some point uh, or another, there was something like, I don't know, 150 years where, somebody from america had the america's cup something like that um let me see if i can find the exact days uh, but basically uh it was 132 years wow so the united states had the america's cup for 132 years until they until somebody lost it um, in the 80s to the Australian team, which neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. It's an impressive sport. Check it out. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you win the previous America's Cup competition, you get to decide all of the rules for the next competition. And whoever challenges you officially has to legally go into contract with you that they will abide by these rules. They can change the nationality of the sailors, you know, what type of sailing craft that you can you can sail. They can invent an entirely new boat that you have to therefore build in order to compete in the competition. They can do whatever they want. And as the challenger, you have to agree legally to those terms. And uh, it's very cool. It's like Formula One. If you're in the Formula One, you would love regatta. It's literally Formula One on the water. 
That's the best way to put it. These days of, you know, sailing competitions taking, you know, hours long to sail around these buoys at super slow of paces, that is long gone. These races are extremely fast and, and very, very hard on the body for sure. Well, there you go, gang. Everything you wanted to know about regatta. <laughs> as much as I could fit into my little time slot, bro allowed me to have. <laughs> Well, I was but getting back here. to the watch, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. I don't know about the carbon case. You know, I'm I'm always a little bit leery on carbon pieces because this is my big thing, and this may be the hot take. Carbon is a fantastic material, especially for weight reduction properties. It makes it feel like you're wearing air. My biggest thing is is what happens if you scratch it or you dent it. Well, especially if you're being tossed around on a sailboat that's tipping all which every which way, right? What happens if you bang? I mean, it does shatter, right? You can if crack you hit it. it hard enough. Yeah. You can crack it for sure. And even if you don't crack it, let's say you dent it, how do you fix it? You can't refinish it. That's the thing that I that always blew my mind about some of these RMs and stuff like that. You know, you're talking about a quarter of a million dollar watch and carbon or whatever. If you scratch it or you break it, like how do you fix that? At that point, I guess they just give you a new case. But are they going to give it to you? Or are they no, gonna charge I don't want to know how much that's going to cost. <laughs> that's but. my point, right? That Therein lies my point. So that's kind of the thing that I think about when it comes to these, these cool composite materials is, okay, they're awesome from a weight reduction standpoint. But let's be honest, you're not part of the Red Bull Racing Alinghi team. You don't get these watches for free. Nope. You're not getting them serviced for free. So if you damage one of these watches, keep in mind that that is a big consideration. They look cool. They're blacked out. You know, they're really stealthy. They're super lightweight. But with lightweight comes in some aspects inherent fragility as well. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I I kind of uh you know, it's kind of why I, I have been attracted to sort of the plain Jane nowadays, where it's just like, yeah, is this a steel case? Is it fun, cool, sporty, whatever? Like yeah, unless I'm buying something that's, you know, resin and 180 bucks and I don't really care what happens to it. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to sink money into it. But ah. that's my point, right? What, what's the cost? I'd like it carbons? to last. <laughs> what's the cost of these these carbons? Did you look it up? No, 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 I didn't. Let me see if I can pull up the cost real quick. I, it wasn't it wasn't interesting enough for me to have to. I know, but at least I want to give people I want to give people the facts, you know? So the the carbon FXD time only is three thousand six hundred and seventy five dollars US. Not horrible. Uh, not horrible. Let's see. The chrono is five thousand seventy five US. So again, not horrible. But how much of that is actually the case construction, right? And what does it cost to replace a carbon case? I don't know. But I guarantee you, I don't want to find out either. Nope. Nope. No, I don't. Yeah, it's a carbon composite fit, uh, carbon composite case with matte finish. It's cool looking watches. Just be careful with them. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. This is an FXD, right? So this has the fixed bars. Yep. What happens if you crack with the bars? Well, not only that, what I was thinking about was because it's an FXD, I mean, obviously you're not going to have a bracelet for it, but it annoys me if I'm going to throw it on a different strap and now I'm not going to have 
the hardware matching the case and that irks mm-hmm. me yeah that that bothers me like if i if i am buying a nato for a watch that has a black case i will buy a pvd black hardware yeah. nato because it, it irks me that much <laughs> well I'm, I'm the same way i'm the same way like there's a there's a watch that i have that's gold case and like for me it's even it's even so much like i won't change the buckle because i know i know it won't be solid gold to match the solid gold case it's like just doing like a plated buckle just even for me like it irks me too because like i know it's not the same you know even though appearance wise it, it technically is yeah so i don't know but uh no i i agree with you but that's a consideration man like this is an fxd if you're concerned about long and hard wearing get the steel version like 100 percent titanium if, huh i'm sorry yes the titanium yeah. version yeah yeah titanium version sorry, sorry. I expert here thank you yes thank you yes yes <laughs> thank you for correcting me i will admonish myself no, no um, it's, fine. it's fine but yeah i mean the carbon case and just think of it just be careful because technically i can imagine that lug part could be a failure point for sure especially if you get something wedged in there it could literally just crack it off so unless it did some type of reinforcing on the inside, which they could do, but uh, I would imagine that could be a potential failure point for sure. Yeah, all things to think about when dropping four, five, six thousand on a watch. You know. All right, bud. The moment we've all been waiting for, specifically you. Uh, we got. <laughs> we got. 11. I feel like I've talked about so much, like just in passing with people, that I'm almost like, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it. <laughs> We've got eleven new blue anniversary omegas this week. Yeah, yeah. We've got everything from Aquateras to World Timers to three hundreds to three hundred meters, Ploprofs, Ultra Deeps, and even a Planet Ocean that I asked for last week <laughs> yeah i and mean they all come up. in this uh so the 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 anniversary colorway is many of them have a sort of a gradient sort of a uh i don't know what would you call it it's a it's a very pale blue out to a very dark blue almost black at the yeah. edges um it almost looks like if you're underwater looking up at a light source and and it's got that sort of effect that's kind of what it reminds me of looking at these dials and i think i think that that was intentionally exactly what it's supposed to represent and the ultra deep has some serious texturing on it it's very very grand seiko of them yeah i mean so so we'll talk about that one because i because there's some people who've been like oh they copied grand seiko i'm like okay yes and they didn't invent texture they they just no no no. It's, it's not so much that but it's also not what people think Especially if you haven't done. No, I'm any saying Grand Seiko did not invent texture on dials. They just happen. Oh, for to, sure. They for just sure. happen to do it well. You know, I, they do. 100. That's just people being people. You know. So, um, as you said, uh, 11 total SKUs uh, from what I remember. Um, some of them though are are the same watch head. Yes. The only difference is it comes on either on like rubber or bracelets, so you have correct. the options there. Omega's counting those as two different watches, even though it's technically the same watch case, just mounted on either option. Uh, so there's only really a few of those, but like you said, you have 30 millimeter aqua, 38 millimeter Aquaterra, uh, 41 millimeter Aquaterra, 43 millimeter World Timer, um. We have the 300 Heritage in 41 millimeters, the 300 meter Looks Diver good. in 42 millimeters, the Planet Ocean 
in 39.5 millimeters only. Um, Ploprof at 55 millimeters, which I'll touch on because you guys know I love the Ploprof, uh, which is probably my favorite release of the entire collection. I think a lot of people have echoed that so far. And then lastly, the uh, the Ultra Deep at 6,000 um, and 45.5 millimeters. So um, I'm obviously not going to talk about every single one of them because we would be here for probably another hour. But yep. let me ask you, what is your kind of favorite from everything? And, and I'll kind of echo something around that. So I think the, the 300 Heritage looks great. Yeah, I would agree. I think I'm excited about the Planet Ocean because it's it's something sort of different than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, in the last episode, we were used to a lot of blacks, a lot of orange, silver, white, but not too much in the, you know, this is a very kind of fun and playful, um, almost like the the North Carolina dark blue, light blue type of look. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, this is probably my also my favorite Ploprof that's ever been released because I know I, yeah. I've said that, you know, I found them a little bit large and uh obtrusive at times but this being a little subdued and kind of neat and fun and playful i i dig it it's a little more stealthy than your your run-of-the-mill ploprof but i think this colorway really sort of brings it home it's probably my favorite iteration of that watch um Mm -hmm. the 300 meter looks good it's always looked good in blue i don't think that's ever going to change um i've never been a uh, huge ultra deep person it's just uh I don't know. I, I, watches like that and the Sea Dweller are just really not my not my cup of tea per se. Yeah, and um, yeah. the Aquaterra is nice, but it's. It, I think the the diver pieces really did it for me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, I would agree, man. I think of all these non super uh, super technical divers, the the three hundred is probably my absolute favorite. It looks very um, classy in this color combination. I I think it looks really good. I honestly believe it it's even better than the other versions that we've seen. Um, and I know it's kind of sacrilegious because I know a lot of people have been asking for like a three hundred heritage with like bright white superluminova. You know, something tells me that this is actually a better take. That uh, so Omega is officially calling this color code summer blue, um, and basically. As you go deeper in depth rating for the different watches that are out there, um, the color will gradually change darker, but still incorporate this idea of this like summery blue color. Um, so in the Aquaterra spectrum, it's very lightweight or it's a very light color in blue. Um, all of the watches have a unique summer blue superluminova color, apparently. Um, so it's actually not white loom, it's a light blue loom yeah. that's always there. Um, which is very cool to see. Uh, I think, like you said, though, the 300 is probably my favorite out of the non-professional versions just because it is so, so cool. Well, it's versatile. Unlike anything that I've ever seen. It's versatile. It doesn't, it's a diver. It's distinctly a diver, but it doesn't always read diver. Like, I feel like I can wear that and it won't necessarily, it'll just read, you know, sporty watch as opposed to, you know, if I'm wearing a, certainly a ploprof but a planet oceans a little more you know athletic a, a 300 is a little more um aggressive i guess i would say mm-hmm, you know the, mm-hmm. the 300 meter um the 300 heritage is just a little more subdued for me it's just uh it's very yeah. it's sleek it's does this have a sandwich style it does yeah oh, that's what i'm talking about yeah it's it's pretty slick man i'm not gonna lie it's pretty slick 
Um, I think it's probably the best the 300 has ever looked. And it, and the thing that's cool is like it feels vintage still, but it somehow feels modern at the same time. Well, it's very and sharp, I, but it also has like the lollipop hand. And yeah, it's, just, it's got it, a lot it's going just, on. It's cool, man. It's cool. And this one, we we see the upgrade of the bezel being in ceramic now yep. instead of yep. aluminum. So there's some subtle differences between this variation and the uh, the the current version. I was going to say previous version. I'm like, no, 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 the current version because uh, it's technically still out there as well. But everything outside of that is basically the same watch. It's just really an aesthetic change to highlight the the summer blue aspect of the, the watch's design. In honor of the 75th, correct? Seamaster 75th anniversary of Seamaster. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Very cool. Um, I would say probably my next favorite of the non-super divers would be the the Planet Ocean. Uh, I think most people have um, have kind of seen the 300 meter pro- predominantly f- uh, featured. Uh, Aquaterra certainly predominantly featured. So I'm not really going to spend too much time on those because I think those are kind of pretty much understood for a lot of people. But uh, I think the Planet Ocean was an interesting choice, especially not to do it in 43.5. Yeah. Um, according to what I've seen covered online, basically Omega wanted something that was a little bit more of a unisexed diver. So they wanted something that could really transition between uh, men and women's rest very easily, but still give you professional capabilities. I think this was a very a smart move, especially as we've seen watches in size parameters start to come back down. So this gives you really a good midsize kind of diver feel. And I'll be honest with you, the 39.5 Planet Ocean has a has a very similar wearing presence to a 41 or 40 mil sub. I know that that's probably not what people would think, but if you hold them side by side, they're very similar. I know that because I've done it. Um, so if you've ever been on the fence about the PO, go try one on because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with how thin it wears, especially in the 39.5 millimeter size. Yeah, a friend of mine had one, but I believe it was the bigger size. Yeah. I mean, the 43 size is is amazing. Like, that is a timepiece size my mother wears, nice. uh, which is so funny when I see people on the forums like, I could never wear anything larger than 40. I'm like, well, my 63-year-old mother wears the the creamsicle planet ocean, as they, as they call it, the white nice. dial with the orange bezel. Uh, and it's 43 and a half. That's her everyday watch on steel bracelet. So it's always surprising to me that that there's men out there who who shy away from that size, and somebody who's you know five six, uh, Hispanic, you know the size of your pinky finger, uh, can wear that watch every single day and not have an issue with it. So it's all just a matter of perspective, I guess. But um, I think this is a welcome change. Certainly a cool watch. Uh, I like it a lot. But I will say, out of everything that's out there, my my personal favorite is is the new Ploprof. This one, I think, is going to be, um, especially for vintage collectors, um, you know, Ploprof collectors, diving watch collectors, this is this is the one to go for, 100%, because Omega did it right. They did it right. So um, if you're not familiar with the Ploprof, um, 1970, 1971, Omega was developing the Ploprof in partnership with the Comex, uh, the French diving outfit that was really experimenting, experimenting with uh, with French, not French, but saturation diving. Uh, but they were a French diving outfit. They really pushed the boundaries of ocean exploration and diving science back in the '60s, specifically for the petroleum and gas industry, uh, basically to, to figure out ways to refine gas. 
Uh, and so they worked a lot with uh, with Cousteau and his team, especially you know pushing the boundaries of diving, so they could find areas to refine and mine and things like that for for gas, um, which is certainly very important, especially in the 1970s when there was an international gas crisis, right? Anyway, long story short, um, Comex had a very specific list of requirements to to create a timepiece, and Omega wanted to create basically a super diving watch. Um, up until this point in time, you know, very few watches were capable of handling you know extreme depths, and so they wanted to create a timepiece that was so watertight that it could handle one of the most extreme depths that a watch could could ever be exposed to. And they came out with the 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 Seamaster six hundred, um, aptly named the Ploprof. And the Ploprof is basically a, a combination of two different words in French that mean uh, plongeur professionnel, which basically means French uh, for professional diver. So that's where the, the Ploprof acronym comes from. But it was outfitted to, to Cousteau and his team uh, on several different diving expeditions, and they loved the watch. The biggest problem with the historical application of it was uh, other brands like Rolex and Doxa, uh, instead of basically creating a watch that was completely resistant to helium ever penetrating the case which is what was necessary for saturation diving they created basically timepieces with holes in the side of the case which could allow helium to escape thus creating basically the prototype for the sea dwellers and uh the doxa sub uh sub 300t long story short um they were beat they beat the ploprof out to market and the ploprof was too expensive to to basically sell to Comex. And so Comex went with a cheaper, more readily available option. And they chose the the Submariner or what would become what would become the Sea Dweller at the time. Yeah. I mean that's that's literally the history. It's literally the story. If you go through Periscope's articles about this stuff, I trust him. Um that's where a lot of this information research comes from. It's it's one hundred percent true. So it there's a story. Uh, but regardless, that watch is one of the most impressive design designed watches in 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 history because from what i understand it was not designed by a traditional product development team it was designed by an engineer so what you see here is a watch is completely focused based on its form to do the function right it's not a form for for a purely aesthetical reason it's a form for a purely technical and function-based reason so everything about the Ploprof was designed with some type of intention in mind, uh, which is what I find so fascinating why I've always wanted to have one in my personal collection, and I do now. But what I love about this watch is the original um, came out in 1971, commercially available. It was a monoblock case. So this watch was a top loader. Literally, the movement in every aspect of the design of the case came uh, from the uh, front out. This is the way to achieve a high water resistance rating, but also make it impossible for helium gas used during the saturation diving to penetrate inside the watch case. Now, I've heard a lot of different mixed theories about this, but the whole reason why Omega spent so much extra effort to create a watch that was completely sealed against helium was the idea that helium, when it entered into the watch case, it actually could slow the rotation of the balance wheel by a small amount causing a variance in, ac in a variance of inaccuracy during the timekeeping. Now, it would probably be pretty imperceptible to the wearer, but it was something that Omega saw as a potential problem for performance and accuracy in the watch. And so they wanted to design a case that would never allow helium to penetrate into the watch case in the first place. And so that's why it took more time 
um, it took more development, it took more cost because it was much more costly to develop than something like just drilling a hole in the case and putting a one-way valve, which is exactly what Doxa and, and Rolex did. Um, not really that impressive, to be honest with you. Regardless, the original was a monoblock case, um, and Omega decided to to redo that with this new version. So it is a top loader, um, and um, it is a new timepiece in Omega steel, which is what we saw previously used in the Ultra D. So now we're seeing it adopted into the Ploperoff. It's capable of 1,200 meters, which is the normal water resistance rating, but it has the original design specs of the original version from 1971. So it's 55 millimeters in diameter, which the original was 54. It has a lug-to-lug -lug of 45 millimeters, which the original did as well. And now the thickness for the new Ploprof is 15.5 millimeters thick, which is thinner than a production Seamaster Planet Ocean. Wow. At double the water resistance rating. This watch is a home run. And it's not an, it's it's one of the most expensive watches of the of the 75th anniversary lineup. Uh, only comes on rubber strap, very vintage, but very freaking cool. And if you have the money and you're willing to wait a little bit, that would be the watch to get because it is it is amazing. So there's my spiel. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the Ploprof, run out and get one. That's the one to get for sure. Yeah. Well, from a watch that you love that has been sort of faithfully reconstructed to one that I love that has been sort of faithfully reconstructed as of recent. Um, so Seiko released a almost almost one to one of the original 62 Moss, which is weird because they released the SLA 017 which was sort of a modern 62 Moss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was years ago. And this one comes out, it's about the same price that one was, but it's in a smaller case. So you're getting about a 38 millimeter case and it's thinner. And that's kind of it, but it's just a more, it's more true to the traditional size of the original. And again, this yeah. is like 38, 3,700 euro. Um, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the price as it, as it relates to, the watch they don't want to spend that much on seiko yada 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 um again if it doesn't speak to you you're not going to buy it so really what's the difference anyway but i i personally Agreed. love it I, I wish i could own it i just don't want to i don't want to i don't want to shut out that kind of cash but i wish i could own this um you know they do have <laughs> also the other semi 62 mosses which are in i believe 41 yeah yeah, That's yeah. The, the spvs that are out there. Um, they also just released one of those in collab with Shohei Otani for all you baseball haters out there. Yep, um, I saw that. I yeah, saw it's that. pretty slick. It's got kind of angels colors, sort of that silver and red, uh, you know, a sort of paying homage to his his team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. At least that's what they, they were called when they first changed over from the California Angels. But um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's in collab with Shohei Otani, who's probably the biggest name in baseball right now because he's just crazy. And he's, for, for those of you who don't know, he pitches extremely well and he hits like a monster that that has not happened since Babe Ruth so it's sort of a historic moment in the game and I, I know none of you can appreciate that but considering none of you could pitch or hit at a pro level by any standards or probably even a high school level this is monumental and and 
I don't think people appreciate that. For for me, it's still the hardest sport. I know people are like, well, ice hockey, you have to learn to skate. Yes, but round ball, round bat, it is coming at you 100. Now guys are throwing 104, 105. Like, step in the box. All right, get some. Let's see what happens. You know, so it, it's it's quite impressive what he's doing. And I, I think it's cool. that It was definitely a good move, Seiko being a Japanese company, him being a Japanese player. I mean, there's, there's a lot more Japanese players now, I think, Maybe now than ever before, but certainly at at the at the top tier of the league. I mean, I know Kodai Sanga just threw a, a gem for the Mets tonight, but it's it's just amazing what what the the players are coming over and doing now. I mean, you had your Ichiro's and people like that before. Plenty of plenty of good Japanese ball players, but they are really you know giving the rest of us a run for their money, which is it's it's really fun to watch. And you know, it really speaks to kind of how broad the game has gotten. I mean, I know a lot of people. I like to drill down on this and 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 kind of poke fun at it. They say that baseball is not really an international sport, which I completely disagree with, considering that, again, I'm talking about players from Asia. It's also played all over South and Central America, and now it's making its way into Europe. We have a world baseball classic, et cetera, et cetera. Not important, but yeah, I think it's a fun collab. But anyway, back to the, uh, the 62 Moss. It costs a lot. It looks really neat. I wish I could own it. I don't want to pay that much for it, but... um. You know, that's kind of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's like we said, man. To me, this is just basically Seiko jumping in a little bit on the on the Rolex train, and just being like, "Hey, you know, ha- here we had it in this one size. We discontinue right. it. Like Explorer in thirty nine. Yep, oh, exactly. No more that's of that. Exactly what it is. Explorer in in back to thirty six. And now Explorer it's in forty. In 40. Baby. How do you yeah. like me now, right? That's that's a little bit of what it is playing the game. Exactly, and that's that's what I think is is a little bit of what's happening here, and and certainly Seiko, maybe maybe not directly, but indirectly jumping in on that bandwagon. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Anyways, people are gonna I, buy it. I, yeah, I love it. I really, honestly, what I really want is a is an original one, and I almost I almost bought one that I saw online, and it was it was. Marked down quite a bunch because it needed a little work. It had, you know, crystal was a little beat up and it, it was actually missing a bezel, which I found out isn't that expensive. But I was like, I was like, this could be a fun project. But, you know, I came to my senses and I'm like, all right, I, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, watches remind me of cars a lot of times, right? Projects yeah. are fun, but then eventually they're just money pits. And, you know, I, uh, me not being a, a watchmaker nor any kind of repair expert. I was like, eh, I guess I'll just stay away from this. But I thought it would have been fun. I mean, the loom was all intact. It had that kind of green hint to it that I really like about the old ones. Dial mm-hmm. was really clean still. So I was really tempted, but I I, I persisted. I persisted. <laughs> I like that. To say the least. But it's one of my favorite models. I've never, I've never owned um, anything really like it. And, you know, it's something that I I, I would like to strive for one day. But, you know, again... I, I don't I don't want to pay that much. I don't want to pay that much for any watch nowadays. I just again I'm I'm buying as people would say shitters or as my as my some of my friends call them shit tours, which are like fancy shitters. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actually. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's tours. It's quite funny. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I I I've kind of fallen out of love with expensive watches, you know, contrary to articles that have been posted recently. But anyways, I think Probably last one up, uh, speaking of inexpensive watches, um, we have another Omega Swatch Moonshine Gold. Oh, God. 
uh, why did why did we moon swatch? It's the strawberry mm-hmm. moon, and it has little strawberries on it. Um, I don't know what to make of this anymore, man. Just kill me. <laughs> just kill me. I I'm out of excuses. The direction is just weird. Like it's it's, you know, I guess it's it. I think the idea of using the different moons wasn't a bad idea. I think the execution is kind of weird. Like yeah. if they just made different cases in like okay, this is the strawberry colorway, and it's a little. Maybe it's like a, a softer red, a pinkish red, and you had, I don't know, a, some kind of a green accent. I don't know. But just the, the secondhand thing is weird. I, I, I know, man. You're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I know so many people have talked about it. So many people have brought it up. I 100% agree with you. And I really don't know what to make of it, unfortunately. It's just the reality. Um, I'm out of excuses. This one was probably by far the most ridiculous. The last one was kind of like a little interesting because it had, you know, like the uh, the Magnum PI kind of shirt motif on it and like etched into the second hand. Okay. It's a little less subtle. This literally has like emoji strawberries. Like not even like a cool strawberry, like cartoon strawberries. I mean, I guess you know, maybe because it's just like, I guess you know, a fun brand, if you will. But man, I I'm out of excuses. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm kind of eager to just get these over with and see what else they got in the pipeline. Because yeah. <laughs> again, I I like the platform. It's just I just don't know what to do with these. Can, so. can we just take some of the new, like? Uh, Gosh, or the, the the Swatch Neon collection that just dropped. Can we just do like a translucent highlighter yellow, like? See, Moon that would have been case? cool, like a like a translucent reddish case for strawberry. Okay, I'm with it. Like that's that's kind of neat. You know. I mean, for those who who don't know what I'm talking about, just Google right now the new Swatch Neon collection. It's currently in the stores right now. It's on the website. And there's one called Swatch Neon to the Max. And it's a big, bold chronograph with a translucent, like, um, it almost looks like, uh, uh, what is it, radiator fluid or, no, uh, antifreeze. Like the it highlighter color. Is like, yeah, it's literally like antifreeze color. Yeah. You know? And it is awesome. Can I just get a moon swatch in that, please? Because I think that that would rock. I think it would be so cool. Yeah, you keep the black bezel and it'll be perfect contrast. You could do something cute exactly. with neon on the handset. If you want to make a neon chrono second hand, go for it. Right? Match the case. Why not? I mean, something, man. I mean, geez. Yeah. Give me something. Yeah, this ain't this ain't it. That's that's this it. ain't that's, it, man. That's that's all we have to say about that. This ain't it. And maybe that's where you just need to stick a pen in it. And then, who knows uh, what the next moon is going to be? Yeah, I saw a list of them. Some of them are a little more intriguing than others, but <laughs> so give me a tiger moon or something. I'm just making stuff up, but you know, who knows at this eggplant, point? Eggplant moon. I'll, I'll buy that. The eggplant moon. That would be yeah, an, an, an epic troll. Epic troll. <laughs> eggplant, eggplant moon. moon. Hell yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, and then of course, I mean, can't really mention new stuff without. The entirety of only watch <laughs> right we have a whole bunch of sort of one of ones 
that have been released by various houses, I guess you'd call them, or uh, yes. what's, the, what's the fancy word for that? Um, my my songs. Oh yeah, yeah. my songs. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. you pronounce that, but uh, you know that's what that's what the uh, the highbrow folk use. Uh, but some of them, some of them are a little more intriguing than others. Some of them are just kind of old hat. Like, you know, you got another, you got another hublot with the little flower that's sort of iridescent and rotates. And some of them are a little it's, cooler. It's like a floral dead mouse head. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the FP Jorn. It's kind of a, a dark inky dial, dark colored yeah. watch, very vibrant secondhand on it. Kind of neat. That cool. Um, I, I like the Tudor. It's, it's sort of an homage to the big block in all gold. You know, it's, that's a watch yes. people have been and, asking and, for for a long and, time. And usually what we see is whenever Tudor does something at only watch, in some form or fashion, it gets worked into the collection. Right. So I think a lot of people have something to be excited about there. And, and, and you know, honestly, I could echo that. Because this is a much better looking chronograph than their current Baytonas. I there. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, Zenith did the uh, hopped on the color train bandwagon and released a set of four El Primeros, yellow, red, green, blue. Um, yeah, they, they look nice, but I, a little late to the party, but whatever. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> um, MBNF and Moser teamed up for a Panda DJ watch. Uh, don't really know where to place that. Uh, hey, you know, in the garbage bin. Louis Vuitton has an Albert Einstein watch, which is... I, I, also for the garbage bin. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, Erwerk made something that looks like the the infant rectal thermometer, but uh, it's the size of a person. I guess. I mean, well, I'm I'm just looking at a I'm looking at a a sort of a a depiction of all of the watches that have been released like side by side. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess this is more of a time telling instrument than yes. a watch. It's not really a watch. It's more so like. A time oh, lightsaber. I have so much money and it's in my office. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just don't a... see what it is. But it does it does look, look like a child's rectal thermometer. Yeah. There's a you know a complicated royal oak and some fancy material that I don't really care about. Uh there's I didn't uh, see that one. Yeah. I mean, again, it's sort of everything we've seen already, just this is something else, you know, like it. it, it I don't think it's anything that new. It might be some fancy material, proprietary, whatever. But did you see the the Blanc Pond? I don't know if I did. It's literally so unimpressive. It's a forty-two point three millimeter, fifty fathoms diver for only watch, and it says it on the rotor, and it's just like a blue sun sunburst dial. With like a blue sapphire crystal bezel. And it's just like that's it on NATO strap. I like that. A nice low effort submission. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, seriously, this is why you're not selling product. Like this is why. Cause you're selling stuff like that. It's just like the most uninspired piece ever. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you had some other interesting things. Bulgari did a tourbillon with sort of a almost like a marbled green case with with yeah man. Accents. I mean that like that's cool, but it looks like the '80s bathroom like threw up. But at least I can appreciate the fact that they did something unique. Yeah, something different. You know, it doesn't look like something that's been done before. It it's it's awesome. Yeah, kind of like a hidden temple vibe to it or something. 
Well, I mean, it, and it is, you know, it's actually marble, right? Oh, is it? It just looks like marble to me. I figured. No, no, it's it's, I figured it's, it's straight. Kind of it's straight up marble, like a green carbon or something. I no, no, no. It's it's a it's a it's marble for oh, sure. Oh, very interesting. I just happened to nail that on the head. Yeah. Um, Chopard has a pretty cool pistachio dial with some texturing, yeah, kind of classic. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, but it, this is a different Chopard. This isn't like your your Millimig, uh Miglia, right? Like this You're is right. like your Luke, you know, horology type Chopards that are really really well done. Uh, and this is certainly no different than that. It's 36.5 millimeters, micro rotor, you know, in-house movement. Like this is a very, very look good looking piece. Yeah, I think I think Richard Meal did a necklace, like a pendant. Yeah, they did. Well, I mean, they're jumping on that uh that Rihanna that train, Rihanna, right? Jeez, I mean that's uh, talk about like cultural spiral. Like this is where we are. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny, it's as much as I'm not really a big person on um uh, what's that guy from from the UK or or Glass uh, Glasgow or um, Scotland? Uh, the the heavier set guy on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? He always reviews he like the crazy people's watches and stuff. Mm. He's like a watch seller. I can't remember his name. He came out of nowhere on YouTube like the last two three years. Now he's like a big deal. Got me, bro. I, don't, I really don't watch watch YouTube unless it's like it, a friend. It doesn't it doesn't matter. But basically, um, he was he was complaining about the Rihanna thing. He's like, this is not a trend. He's like, anyway, he's trying to make this a trend. He's to like take themselves out back. Like it's it was kind of just some like one of those things. If you saw his fit, it, uh, Nico Leonard. That's who oh, it was. that guy. Yeah, I mean, like love him or hate him, he just came out of nowhere. But he's you know. Not somebody I frequent, but it popped up on one of my YouTube stories, and it was like it was about the Rihanna watching. Like he's like, "This is garbage." Well, not for this nothing. Is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody's garbage. complaining about. Oh well, maybe don't make it so obvious you're wearing a watch that it might be expensive. Well, this is the exact opposite of that, and you know what? You might get your throat slashed instead of getting, you know. Yeah, I a guess watch, so. A watch lifted off your wrist. I mean, how do you lift it off somebody's neck? <laughs> That is a very good point, sir. I'm just saying. Very, very, just very saying. good you know, point. That's the New Yorker in me, man. You you always think about like the the pitfalls of things. How can well, this I mean, go wrong? Yeah, people are used to doing pitfalls and, and and getting into serious trouble in the city. You know, you know. I mean, it's it's much better now than when I was a kid, but that was sort of the uh, the the going rate when you were well. You know, don't don't bring too much cash with you. You know, back in the day. So yeah, no no joke. Yeah, yeah, no joke. But, uh, you know, some nice things. And obviously, it's for charity, so it's all good. You know, we yeah, like that. Yeah, for you know, sure. That These watches will sell, and if they don't, then they'll be in a museum somewhere. But uh, as you guys know, these are all for charity. So if you have the means, go out and buy a birthday cake Mickey Mouse Gerald Gentle watch. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Need. <laughs> <laughs> yes, need. Timex comes out with a cheap version six months from now. Yeah. Um, aside from that, uh, we probably missed something here or there. There's so much crap that dropped this week, but um, I think you got the gist of it, folks out there. And I'm sure you've seen it all, or if you haven't, go check it out. Lots to and, like. And if there's anything that we miss that you particularly like, uh, drop us in the DMs. Yeah, I mean, I would say the majority of the stuff is pretty positive, which is a nice mm -hmm. sign because I felt like we were in a bit of a rut there. So this is a nice, refreshing turn of events here where we're getting some stuff that's exciting and intriguing and uh you know thought-provoking in some respects and i think you have a lot to look forward to like you said you know maybe 
maybe they don't give us uh, a big block. Maybe they give us a, a small block. You know, maybe they <laughs> instead of a uh, instead of four fifty four, maybe they'll give us a three fifty. Well, I'm saying, you know, people people are very finicky about sizes. So maybe they don't give yeah. you, you know, the jumbo size everybody kind of covets nowadays with that for like by jumbo, you know, 41 millimeter, 42 millimeter. But maybe they give you a smaller chrono. You know, maybe I, you know, I don't know the dimensions on the on the FXD chrono, but that might be something that's, you know, I, th- I could see that as a future line going for. I mean, if they're going to make it for an Alingi, why not? Yeah, for sure. You know, so I think I think they're getting some good momentum going for the next run, maybe leading up to the next Watches and Wonders or whatever their next big well, drop I mean, might and, be. And and I'll say this, and maybe I'll call it right now: we're starting to see Tudor systematically, little by little. I think they're starting to distance distance themselves from the Black Bay, which they should, which everybody's been calling, which for. which we've been saying, right? You know, we've said that a while ago, and I'm going to say it again. This Tudor Prince, you know, um, which is terminology that they have not used for a very long time. Yeah, quite, quite, quite some time. Tudor Prince Chronograph, you know, only watch edition. So it's one of one in solid 18 karat gold. It's reminiscent of the big block, which a lot of people immediately took notice to, I myself included. Um, but this is a very distinct departure from the Black Bay. The focus on FXDs. Those are part of Pelagos. That's not Black Bay. Right. Right. Like this is a move away from that. And I think that is exactly where Tudor needs to be. They need to find a way for themselves to outshine their own shadow by doing something different again. Yeah, which is sort of something we've always kind of, you know, floated out there. But it's good to see them doing that. And you know, maybe maybe you don't have to name everything Black Bay, even if even if you want to. But <laughs> But I, I think it's an encouraging sign going forward, kind of contrary to what, what's been out there. So that, that's good. I mean, I, th- I think it's overall, you know, there's been a nice variety. I mean, if you look up and down, right, we have we have Omegos, we have Tudors, we have Oris, we have Seikos, we have, you know, Collabs. So it, it looks like there's some fun things on the horizon. You know, summer is always a fun time for for watches because you can, uh, you know, you're wearing short sleeves, right? It's a great, it's a great time to be, to be wearing your pieces and actually using them to tell time as opposed to being bundled under a, a jacket or something like that, you know. So one hundred percent agree. So um, yeah, but all that aside, uh, I think it's you know certainly time to put a, a cap on this one. I think this one is quite long, tbh. <laughs> so enjoy enjoy all the content, the ad, ad free content. I might have. <laughs> and, uh, and, and sorry for the delay of a couple of days, but yeah, here we are. Yeah, but you know, holidays. Again, I don't think we even could have got it in given the amount of sound effects I had permeating my yeah, house totally over agree. the past few days. Just I feel like people just would have been like, I'm not listening to this. The sound quality is terrible. <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah we did, but, get, you know, we did we did get that comment before too. So that's fine. Yeah. I almost just <laughs> I almost I almost just dropped profanity, but I'm gonna leave it alone. Anyways, uh we'll catch you next week. 89 coming up next week. Almost the big nine oh nice. And then from there it's the countdown. Oh don't get me started baby. Countdown to triple digits. Very, very exciting. So thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. I'm sorry uh, you didn't get your Monday drop, but here it is. And uh, enjoy. And you, you know what? You'll get two two episodes in a shorter span. So drink it in, baby. Take care, guys. All right. Till next time. Later. Be well. Be well.